All right. Welcome. Uh, welcome back to an okay podcast. This one again, probably going to be very okay. And that's what I, that's kind of what I strive for. You know, just that middle of the pact. I don't want to excel necessarily, but I don't want to underachieve. That's for sure. I've always been content with, uh, with just being right in the middle, you know, kind of like under the radar. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's all about being under the radar. Um, and, you know, I don't know, dude, so many people start their own podcasts. It's kind of what I've been, kind of what I've, I've been noticing, you know, and that's something that I've only noticed is that so many people have started their own. I think, uh, you know, the more that I have, the more that I've been going to open mics, I've met two comics already with their own podcast. Um, and then I've heard about a third one. And I don't remember where I heard it, but I think, you know, somebody once said, I think that's how wars are going to end. It's just everybody's just going to have each other on their podcast and they'll just talk it out and they'll just shoot the shit and things will get better. I think that's a great strategy, actually. You know, uh, some of the people that I do want to interview, I have a lot of beef with. I got a lot of beef with these people, but I feel like if I were to have them on, you know, we could talk it out. We could be friends. And that's that's what this is all about, you know. And so on on today's, I'm really uh I'm gonna talk about a lot of things. I wanna talk about those NBA playoffs. Nobody wants to hear me talk about the NBA playoffs, but this is my own podcast and I wanna talk about what I wanna talk about. Dude, the playoffs are crazy. The playoffs are crazy, man. The Raptors and the seventy sixers going at it. They're going at it right now. And I think most people believe the 76ers will get slapped in the face for four games. Look, I still got Golden State winning the entire thing. I do, but I would really love to see the Bucks versus Golden State. You know, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the MVP. Historic season, you know, historic season for the Bucks and for this guy. Leads his team in every statistical category. And, you know, I know you didn't click on this to hear about NBA basketball, but, you know, you clicked on it for some reason. I don't know exactly why. Maybe you like hearing me talk. And that kind of baffles me that somebody would like, they're like, hmm, I like that guy. So I want to hear him say more things. I haven't heard him say enough things. So be it. Okay, I'm going to keep talking about the NBA. I think Ben Simmons is a bum. I'll say it. I think he's a bum. I don't think he's a good fit on a team that he's on. And I think that Philadelphia would be wise to trade him instead of Joel Embiid. I think they build around Joel while he's this good. You know, hope he can stay healthy. But Ben Simmons doesn't look like He's trying to get any better. It doesn't. Uh, I don't get that vibe that he's working on that jump shot. He's just kind of admitted that he needs it, but he doesn't want to do it. You know, like I'm the same way with uh, with my retainer and like mouth guards at night. I admit that I need them, but I would never wear a mouth guard or a retainer to sleep. You know, dentist says I grind my teeth a lot. She's like, "Are you stressed?" And I'm like, "Well, I get stressed when people ask me if I'm stressed." So yeah. He's just like, well, you're grinding your teeth right now. I got listen, you better back up. 
She's a very sweet lady, though. I haven't seen her in some months. Say you're supposed to go back every six months. What is today? February? Oh, it's... Okay. All right, well, I'll go back. No, I'll go back. I'll go back and, uh, you know, do dentist things over there. What was I talking about? The NBA playoffs? Dude, they're back. And we're in the conference finals, so I'm a little bit late to say that they're back. But this is the most exciting part of the basketball season. Um, and, you know, when I'm in a basketball, like, when it, when it, when the playoffs are on and people recommend a new show for me to watch, I personally take it, you know, I, I take it kind of hard. And I look at them like, do you know who you're talking to? Right, because an NBA game is about two to three hours, um, and and there's there have been so many of them on. You know, it's starting to slow down a little bit. Only four teams left, so that's about. Oh, dude, I don't know. They'll play like three games a week, fucking like ten to twenty hours of television a week, and then people are like, "Have you seen this show that I like though?" No, no, and I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to watch your show. I just, you know, if you made it, maybe. Maybe I'd be more interested if you were in it. But now i got to watch a show about dragons and, like, ice dwarves and, oh, my God, who's going to die? And did that person get treated right, you know? Not into it. And people always, you know, they'll always say, oh, well, it's right up your alley. Game of Thrones, it's right up your alley, dude. Shit's Creek is right up your alley. Look, these sound like fantastic shows, but people are starting to act like they know my alley better than I know my own alley. You know, I, I've I've been living with my alley my entire life. I wash it when I shower. You know, I make sure that it's not, you know, like exposed when I go out in public. You know, I I, I know my alley. And people think they know my alley, too, man. I don't think they know. So I like to politely say, if you got a show that you want me to watch, just wait until just wait until the third week of June. And now everybody's marking it in their calendar. All right, June 21st, tell Dano to watch. No, I'm just, I'm just telling you. And realistically, I probably just will not watch whatever you want me to watch. My closest friend has been telling me to watch something on YouTube for about two months now. The NBA playoffs have been going on for about a month and a half now. I'm sorry. I'm not going to get to it. I'm not going to get to it. I like basketball. What is this podcast about comedy? Why am I talking so much about sports? Well, this is what I want to talk about. Uh, and we will get into comedy in a little bit. I guess I got kind of got some bad news about comedy. Um, it doesn't feel like I'm going to be doing an open mic this week. And there's a lot of guilt behind that decision. Um, but, but you know, I, I record these sets and then I put them on the podcast and people listen to them. You know, some people listen to them. And I'd really like to have a better set recorded, you know, the past couple sets that I've that I've put up. 
they're they're really just okay. And this is an okay podcast, but the stand-up has to be better than okay, I think. Maybe this is me just being too hard on myself. You know, it could be that. But um, having listened to the last set, getting heckled at the saloon, you know, I really like all those jokes that I was telling, and I have fun thinking of them. And you know, when I when I do think of them, I can't wait to write them down and go tell other people. But I don't think that those jokes necessarily translate to stand up. You know, and and since that night, because I watched a couple of comedians kill it that night, and since that night, I've really just been trying to rethink what it means to write a joke. And this is gonna get a little bit nerdy, I guess. But what does it actually mean to write a joke? You know, I was listening to this guy. His first name was Jeremy, and I forgot his last name, but he he went on for about seven to nine minutes. It was kind of right in that sweet spot. But every line that he said had purpose, and every line, almost every line was funny, you know, aside from like a couple setups. But this man was just a pro. He was such a pro in the way that, you know, he talked to the audience and kept their attention. And, you know, he was okay with silence because, you know, his set kind of dictated silence. And the cadence, uh, the cadence that he told his jokes in, man, I was uh, I was baffled that. Well, uh, you know, more more than that, I was just grateful that I got that I got to see that. That was amazing. And. I saw him before the open mic. Unfortunately, I didn't talk to him, but I just saw him kind of just sitting in, you know, at a table by himself, and he was writing on a really tiny notepad, and he was writing even before the open mic. You know, I think a lot of us comedians, we go in and we kind of have our things already, but this guy, you could just see that he was working hard. And, you know, I've restructured a couple of my uh, my old favorites, and... I will absolutely have a, a new set for you next week, but this week is kind of just a work in progress. And, you know, as I revisit some of these old jokes that I really like, I'm breaking them down and I'm writing them down line by line. And, you know, I'm figuring out, I'm figuring out, uh, sorry. And I'm going to figure out what words are funnier than others. And like, you got to break it down, dude. You got to break it down. It's such a, it's a, a science almost, I guess, you know, like when I was younger, when I was a lot younger and I, I think maybe I was like 14 to 17, kind of around there. And before I really knew I wanted to do comedy, I would look at Jerry Seinfeld talk about how to write jokes or at least how he wrote jokes. And, you know, somebody at the top of their game like that, and whether you like him or not doesn't matter, but he is at the top of the comedy game. Most successful sitcom in television history. Him and one other writer. You know, that's pretty amazing. Um, And the way that he writes jokes is very meticulous. He'll break it down, like I said, syllable for syllable or word for word. You know, why is, why is Pop-Tart funny? Things like that. And... You know, uh, I just, sorry, that's so unprofessional. I hope you didn't even hear that, but just got an email. What the hell was I just talking about? God damn this email, dude. 
Okay. All right. All right. All right. I'm back. I'm back. And I forgot what I was talking about. Something about writing jokes. Being meticulous. Jerry Seinfeld, great joke writer, regardless if you like his jokes or not. It's just a professional. You know, he's mastered the craft. Another guy that I really look up to that I think, I don't think he's an underrated joke writer, but I don't, you know, I just don't hear a lot of people talk about him, but John Mulaney. John Mulaney used to write on SNL a long time ago, and these are just, this is me just talking about, like, titans of the game. But, you know, if you want to get better, I just, you know, I believe that you got to look at the people that are killing it and why they're killing it. John Mulaney is a terrific joke writer. He has a couple of specials on Netflix right now. I think his last one, Kid Gorgeous, is what I I think it was called, but he did that at Radio City Hall. You know, to tell jokes at that level, it's pretty insane. That's pretty insane. And to be completely realistic and transparent, you know, I don't necessarily have dreams of, like, selling out MSG or doing Radio City Hall, but I do often think about, you know, or set the goal for myself that I at least would like to perform at uh, the Paramount Theater in Denver, you know, theaters of that size, the Boulder Theater. Theaters is kind of just, uh, you know, I'd be very, very happy if I could get to perform in a theater. You know, I remember when I first started doing stand-up, I think I was about maybe like a month or two into it. Uh, I, I'd signed up at this place called Lincoln Station, which I've talked about a little bit before. And they gave me 15 minutes, but the person that went on before me was a magician. Um, you know, I don't really remember his name. I think he liked to be called a wizard or something. You know, he was one of these. And I'm sure he was good, but that night, you know, nobody wanted to help volunteer when he had asked for it. Magicians need, dude, they live on volunteers. They're like the fucking Red Cross. They just need people signing up willingly, you know, not really knowing what they're getting themselves into. But that night, nobody really wanted to help him out. And, you know, I, I was with a very small group of friends, but he was looking for people, and they pushed me up. They were like, you got to go. You got to go up there and help him. You know, he's a fellow performer. So I kind of got pressured into it, and I went up and helped him, and he just gave me such confusing instructions. And I didn't really know what to do, and, you know, every time he asked me, like, is this the thing you thought of? I was like, no, it's not. You told me not to think of something obvious, and this is this is not. And it was about, you know, three or four minutes of me just going, nope, not my card or not what I was thinking. Definitely not. And he, and I and I butchered his show. I butchered his show. He didn't know that I was a comedian. You know, he had no idea that I was even performing. He thought I was just a person in the crowd that had gone up to help him out and just totally ate shit with him. It was very uncomfortable you know he had a bad set i don't remember ever seeing him go back there 
and it was funny. He he sat down afterwards. He kind of got that pity applause, and the very next thing they say is, "All right," and next to the stage, Dano. And I have to walk right by his table and just go start telling my shit jokes. And the only reason that I'm talking about that uh, is because that magician, that wizard, had performed at the Lone Tree Arts Center. You know, and I'm sure he wasn't headlining. I'm 99% positive he wasn't headlining. But after that night, you know, he asked me to follow him on Instagram, which I did. And, you know, I saw that like like two weeks prior to him doing that mic that night, he was performing at the Lone Tree Arts Center. And that is another theater, right? That's another theater. I don't know exactly how many people it seats. I would guess somewhere between five and a thousand, like five hundred and a thousand. That'd just be my guess. You know, I mean, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Don't listen to me, but. You know, if a magician that eats his balls in front of everybody and doesn't perform magic can perform at a theater like that, you know, it does give me hope. And that's kind of why I think that, you know, or at least that's the goal I'm setting for myself is just being able to perform in theaters. And again, I feel guilty about not having a stand up set, but. I am working on it and I'm writing and I'm breaking down these these jokes that I that I like to tell and I will have a brand new set next week. Um and you know there are a couple more things to look forward to. Uh Finally and at last I will have Andrea on the podcast. And again, you know, I just I can't hype her up enough, man. She's just one of the funniest people. She makes everybody that she meets laugh. And just, you know, like incredibly smart, incredibly smart and so sharp. And I cannot wait to have her on the podcast. Uh, and, you know, we'll get that together and we'll get it going soon. That'll be a very exciting episode. Um, and then something else to look forward to, I guess. You know, I've talked a little bit about sati cold brew shout out to them but i do want to interview brandon who i work with over at snooze the breakfast restaurant and you know just talk about why he started that company and ask him a bunch of questions about that you know and if there's anybody out there of the one and a half listeners that i have that's thinking about starting their own business this guy would be of a, a, you know a very good person to listen to another smart dude that started his own company, man. He like, that's insane. That's insane. Started your own business. Like most of us have started lemonade stands. That is a business. Okay. You know, but you don't have to go through the government. You don't pay taxes. You don't even necessarily have to sell good lemonade. People just like helping kids out. They like giving them, I think 25 cents, you know, people like giving that a dollar. They're like, holy shit. What do you, what else is in this lemonade? Right? What are there mushrooms in this lemonade? Am I am I gonna trip and like find a new meaning of life? Why is this lemonade a dollar? It tastes like dog shit. You know, I wasn't that kid that started lemonade stands when I was younger, but I was that kid that would build lemonade stands. 
and sell the stands to other people that wanted to sell lemonade. You know, I was that backdoor hustler. You know, nobody thought about making stands, but there I was, you know, in my neighbor's garage, using all of his tools and all of his wood, making stands. I actually do remember uh, when I was in like third or fourth grade, you know, going out on the playground during recess and really trying to find cool rocks. I tried to find cool rocks, you know. And I'd bring them back to class, and a couple of times, dude, I sold rocks to kids. And that's not me quoting Jay-Z selling rocks on the corner. I would literally be selling rocks. I'm not talking about cocaine. You know, some of that some of that sniff sugar. I'm not talking about that, dude. I would just sell rocks, dude. And I did that a couple of times. Uh, in sixth grade as well, I, I used to save my allowance. It was $7 a week. You know, I saved it for, for a couple weeks or like a month maybe, and I bought gum and candy, and I bought so much of it, you know, because $28 buys you a shit ton of gum and a shit ton of candy, uh, and I would sell the gum, dude. Kids love gum. At least at my school, dude, you were like one of the most popular people. If you had gum, if you had bubble gum. Yeah, dude, I remember like this ugly, ugly kid named, I probably shouldn't say his name, Alexander. This ugly ass kid named Alexander, you know, nobody talked to him for like the first couple weeks and then. All of a sudden, he's throwing Wrigley wrappers in the garbage can. And and the women, they see that, you know. They're like, whoa, this, this guy has Wrigley's in his pocket. You know, and then out of nowhere, Alexander took over the school. You know, and people would, you know, they would bow to him in the hallway. You know, they w- we would give him our garlic knots on Pizza Friday. You know, because we, we, uh, we went to school close by and, you know, there was a pizza place real real close. And, you know, he liked the garlic knots. And so we would give him the garlic knots because he would give us gum. And I saw that, man. I saw the demand. And I used to sell gum and I used to sell candy in sixth grade. And then in 11th grade, I did the same thing but with monster energy drinks, man. Buy them in, in the packs of four. And then sell each of them for three dollars, and then you earn about four dollars profit on the on the box. You know, so it was they were thin margins, but I would do that, man, and I did that. I don't know, man, maybe for like three or four months in eleventh grade. But this kid that I was working with ended up taking most of the money and taking most of the credit, and uh, you know, you never want a bad business partner. And shout out to Marcelo. I'm pretty sure that was his name. I don't remember, but. Anyways, kind of got on a starting a business. That's what I was talking about and how difficult it is, you know. And as you just heard, I've tried many times to start a business. You know, I'm always, I was always trying to sell things as a kid. 
Oh, did forget to mention the the very last thing. I used to make flip book comics, you know, like on the sticky notepads. You would just draw like a hundred pictures, but you know, you flip through them and, and it like tells a cool story. You know, I did about, I did that for like a year and made about 40 or 50 notepads worth of comics. And I called it Ha Ha Comics. For real, dude, this was, this is like a real sixth grade thing, you know, sixth grade Dano hustling back when they used to call me Dan Yule. Crazy different guy i was a different dude in sixth grade man keeping that eye of the tiger alive i called it ha ha comics and you know i would sell them for about 25 or 50 cents and i'd, and I'd use that money to just go buy cookies from the lunch lady you know fresh cookies you get them right at eight and they're fresh as shit dude you can't even pick them up and they fall apart dude so fresh you know that was my thing and I remember, you know, people really liked the comics. They thought they were funny. And so I made a contract to, like, hire a couple of employees. Dude, I hired – this sounds crazy that I'm saying this. I haven't thought about this in forever. But I hired a kid named Ryan who drew a couple comics for me. I hired a kid named Matthew who drew some comics for the business. And then I hired a kid named Joseph who also used to draw, or he used to pitch ideas at least. And, you know, I had all these people signed on a contract, and I had to be like, we'll sell yours for 50 cents, and you'll get 25 of those cents. Dude, I was a fucking mogul. I was a fucking mogul. I guess I've always had that, man. Not being a mogul, but just like the need to create. Which is why, again, I'm just feeling so much guilt that I'm not doing an open mic this week, but... But, you know, listener, I feel like you're an understanding person. And like I said uh, last week, hope maybe I said it last week. I don't, dude, I say so much shit, dude. <laughs> I say so much stuff. But most podcasts don't make it past seven episodes. That's just, you know, that's just how it is. Majority of people will flake out after seven and while I'm not doing a set this week, I'm not flaking out after seven, dude. I'm not doing it. Maybe eight. Maybe 14. Maybe a thousand. I don't know. But not after seven. So we're going to keep this going. Uh, and, you know, I'll tell you right now, there is no stand-up set implemented in this. So if you just want to hear me keep talking, feel free. Um, I do want to mention that Windex ad. That was in the last episode. Uh, Windex didn't pay me for that. I want to be very upfront about that. I did not get money from Windex because I did that ad. Although, you know, I I didn't I don't feel like I was bad mouthing them necessarily. I don't feel like I was. Like I got messages. By messages, I mean, I I got a message, and someone was like, "Dude, you reminded me. I just I needed Windex," and I'm like, "Yeah, dude. That's why I should be getting paid." Because he went out and bought Windex to go clean his murders. Probably that's what it's best for. 
You know, some people use it on windows or glass. You know, but if you got like a dead body somewhere, you know, you got limbs hanging around the living room. You're probably going to have some blood. And Windex is perfect for that. And so, yeah, maybe there will be more of those ads, you know, where I just kind of do it for free in favor of the company just to make them look good. I hope there are no legal ramifications for that. We will see. We will see. Uh, Something that happened to me yesterday that I just want to briefly mention that I – it gets under my skin. It gets under my skin – like a needle. And it's not needles. It's that, you know, you know when you walk into a gym, presumably to work out, but you walk into the gym and people are there already and they're using the equipment? Why don't people that are in the gym already want to make eye contact with you as you walk in? Why is that? Why don't they want to acknowledge that you've at least entered the room. You know, people are so standoffish in the gym. I'm basically invisible in a gym, dude. If I walked in naked with, like, an eye patch, a sombrero, and I shot, like, like a fire, like a Roman candle, people in the gym wouldn't bat an eye. They don't want to look at another person while they're trying to work out. And I don't know what that's about. I don't know what the lack of friendliness is in gyms, why we feel so isolated or why we feel like we can't talk to one another, but that drives me up the wall. It drives me up the wall, and it makes me want to just go use the machine right next to them and just just fucking look at them. What? What? Say something, man. Let's talk, dude. We're people. That's what people do people talk to each other or they at least look at each other man drives me up the wall you know and now I kind of go into gyms in a bad mood like if people are in the gym I'm like fuck dude this person doesn't want to talk we're just going to be all weird and pretend that we don't exist grunting in the mirror like that's normal let's talk about how weird it is that we grunt in the mirror while we're looking at ourselves. You know, we could see people in the background. We could see their reflection. And their eyes kind of keep going up to you and then back down to their phone, but then up to you again. And we also use the phone as like a little safe haven, you know, between sets. And this is me talking gym talk, dude. I don't really know what I'm talking about. But this is me using that lingo. You know, we go back to the phone during our sets, when our sets are over. And then when the next set happens, put the phone down. Probably got headphones in, so we're still connected to the phone. And then when that set is done, we go back to the phone. And we just don't talk to each other in the gym, and I hate it. And I don't have a lot of hate in my heart. You know, I remember when I was in 10th grade taking AP U.S. history. Mr. Greaves, shout out Mr. Greaves. But he assigned us some homework. He assigned us an assignment. 
you know? And then one girl in the class goes, ah, I hate homework. And Mr. Greaves looks at her. And he was like, what was that? Say that one more time. And she said, I hate homework. And she sounded just like that, just like me. And he goes, you hate homework. You know, people in this world hate real things, you know, like racism or they hate world hunger. But you hate homework? And she said, yeah. But I remember how ridiculous he made her sound for saying that she hated homework. And, you know, I think that girl is dead now. But the point stands. It's ridiculous to have hate like that. But I have like a small amount of hatred in my heart for the fact that people don't want to talk in the gym. For whatever reason, man, it's like there's like there's a sign up at the front door that's like, shh, don't talk to other people while they're using the machine. Be courteous. And it's even people without headphones, man. I get that they have headphones in and they're doing their own thing. They're in their own world. It's the people without headphones that still don't want to talk. They still don't want to look. You know, can you imagine walking in, into a bank? And they didn't make eye contact with you. They just kept looking down at their bank papers. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. People don't want to do that. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's me. And maybe I'm being a psycho. Maybe I'm thinking too much into it. But I believe that you know, that's what people do. We're supposed to talk to each other. We're supposed to look at each other. You know, why do we feel the need to be standoffish? What is that? What are we thinking? Somebody's going to come over, take our machine, take our machine, and then, and then what? Like, judge us? They're going to judge the way that I pull a levy or that I pick something up. They're going to look at you and think, I'm glad I didn't talk to that person. I don't know what that is, man. I don't know. I don't know. And there are no segues for me going into different topics. Um. You know, and I've already kind of talked a little bit about not doing a mic this week and feeling that guilt. I still feel it. Um, you know, but I don't know, man. It's it's a, it's tough. It's kind of a tough thing to even admit that I don't want to do an open mic this week. I guess it's a good thing that I feel a little bit of guilt, but it is tough just to say that, man. Like, I do love doing stand-up, but this week has been a little bit different, you know. Last week, one of my good friends left to North Carolina, you know, pretty suddenly. He just kind of upped and got. And then uh, and then yesterday, I had to say goodbye to another friend who's moving up to Washington. Shout out Noah Simpson. You know, just a just a gentleman. 
just a gentleman and uh you know an all-around great person and you know my friend evan shout out evan that moved to north carolina he's doing it for such a noble reason and you know all the respect in the world to evan and to noah you know saying goodbye to like half of your friend group yeah it's a little bit difficult um that's just yeah it's just a little bit difficult just being real you know just got to be real for a moment and you know these these were the type of guys that these are the type of guys that if they were if they were by themselves in a gym and you walked in they would look at you and they would say something to you that's you know a testament to the quality of their character you know they were good people they are good people they weren't I don't, I don't like I'm talking past tense. They are. They're good people. It's a little bit tough, I guess. Uh, and so, you know, as I'm just kind of maybe ignoring it and just kind of diving all in into stand up or into writing jokes a little bit more clearly. You know, you'll be able to hear it next week. You'll be able to hear it in the set. Uh, you'll you'll just hear the difference, man. You know, it probably shouldn't be as quiet. And I do want to go do more than one open mic next week. And Honestly, what's going to end up happening is that I'm going to develop a new five minutes. And I'm going to try it out at probably two or three different places next week. And then maybe the next, uh, the next time you hear my stand-up in the next episode... It'll be the same set in three different locations. And then maybe we can talk about, you know, comedy, depending on, you know, is your comedy good? You know, and that'll depend on the room or the people you're speaking in front of. Maybe we'll get into that. I don't know. But this week, it's just NBA basketball. It's my friends leaving. It's me noticing that people want to help me less when I smell bad. And I feel like I smell bad right now. You know, I, I do. I just came back from walking on a lot of stairs. I walked on a lot of stairs just uh, a couple hours ago. You know, that's never a good thing. You know, you come back and you just, your face is sticky. And you got that stench. You know, you ever been so smelly that your own stench doesn't want to kick it with you? That's kind of where I feel like I'm at. So I came up to this library, and I'm in a beautiful recording studio in Parker, which I got to come back to. But I came up to this library, and I looked at the at the helper at the front, you know. And I just kind of saw, I saw, it was so brief, but I saw that like slight nostril twitch. I went, shit, dude, that's me. I did that to her nose. I did that to her nose, man. You know, and, I, and I've noticed that, yeah, people, they want to help me less, man. It almost seemed like she didn't even want to help me because of the odor that was offending her. Whatever, man. That's my stank. You know, and I and I live with it, and I live with being stanky right now. 
All right, man. And I mean, you know, I got I got I got a couple more things I want to talk about. This one is really just all rambling, but it's been very therapeutic just to talk. You know, it's been a good thing for me, at least. And I guess that's all that matters. That's what people say, you know, you focus on you. They always do that. They always say that. Focus on you. Focus on you and do things because you want to do them. Meanwhile, like, you'll hear people go, you shouldn't be so selfish. Whatever. Whatever. Uh, Just like, uh, you know, a couple more things I want to talk about before this one wraps up. I just I saw somebody get locked out of their car today at the Sprouts. And I didn't know how to help. You know, it was a gentleman in a black polo shirt, and he had glasses as well. And I saw him get locked out, you know, because he kept doing the thing. And then he looked into his car, and at first you think, oh, maybe he's breaking in. Maybe he's breaking into that vehicle. But I don't believe that people with glasses break into vehicles. That's just, you know, call it what you want. Call it stereotyping, but... If you're wearing glasses and you're looking into the back seat of a car, I don't believe that you're trying to break in. I believe you're a dumbass that locked your keys in your car, which he did. And, you know, I didn't I didn't really know how to help, so I didn't. I didn't. And I drove away, but it kind of reminded me of a time that I got locked out of a house. Uh, and... I want to call this like two, three years ago. Um, you know, I was house sitting. I was house sitting for my uncle. And I went over uh, a little bit late that night and I wasn't in the best state of mind, so to say. But, uh, you know, I'm in the living room and I'm listening to music on the television and they got a great sound system there. So I kind of turned the music up a little bit louder, you know, just to really vibe out, to vibe out to that music. And I go and I, I sit outside because it started raining and the rain was scaring the dog. So I closed the patio door and I, and I love the rain, you know, so I was kind of watching the rain for a little bit. And I was listening to the rain sound, and I can kind of hear the music through their window. And then it stopped pouring. Uh, and, you know, I'm like, oh, I need to go feed that dog. And I go try to open the patio door, and it is locked. And I'm like, whoa, this thing is locked. I'm like, all right, no biggie. I hop over the fence from the backyard to the front yard, and the front door is locked too. I go, shit, I'm locked out of this house. Then it hit me, man, and it was probably like maybe like 11 at night, and I just realized that I was locked out and uh, that I needed to feed that dog. And I didn't really know what to do. I didn't know what to do. Um, I tried breaking into every window, but it just wasn't possible. You know, it was so secure, and it just wasn't a thing that I could do. I couldn't break in. And so I did... Uh, I called a friend that lived really close by, you know, to come over and just kind of settle me down because I didn't know what to do. 
and he was there. He was there in like five, ten minutes, dude. Shout out Dallas Jones, man. I still remember that night, and I will never forget. You know, one of the nicest things that somebody has done for me. But, you know, we went through it that night, and I called him over, and he was like, "You need to call a locksmith. You need to call a locksmith, and and you can get in. It's so easy." And so I do that. I look one up, and I find a guy, and he comes in about another twenty, thirty minutes, and shows up in this van. He goes up to the door, and this dude is like fucking Houdini, man. He doesn't open the door, right? But he goes up to it, and he like he puts the thing in, and he wiggles it around. He puts his ear up to the door. He puts his ear right up to the door. And he goes, oh, yeah, okay, so it looks like it looks like the deadbolt. It looks like the deadbolt's the one that we can't get past. I'm going to have to drill this door down. But he's like, come here, listen close. And he put my ear to the door. I didn't know what I was doing, but he was like, listen, you hear that sound? That sound right there, that means that the spare key that you have, that's the fourth of seven spare keys that they've made. I'm like, how the, how the fuck do you know that? How do you know that? You know, and this guy was like, yeah, so you got the fourth key. It looks like I, I can see it sitting on that kitchen table right there. Yeah, but I'm going to have to drill this door down if you want to get inside. And I'm like, absolutely not. You know, because right now it's like 12.45 a.m., you want to drill my uncle's door down? And he goes, okay, okay, maybe not, maybe not. You're right, you're right. Uh, what if I hop over the fence and I go try to open that patio door? And I'm like, you should fucking do that instead. Go do that, man. So he hops that fence and he goes into the backyard and, you know, he's he's kind of talking to us, shouting a little bit, but not just so we can hear him. And he's like, I can't get it, man, I can't get it. And this this gentleman... You know, he looked a little bit like me. He was a brown fellow, but for whatever reason, like wearing like a black beanie and then a black long sleeve shirt with some cargo pants, he looked like he he looked like he robbed shit. Is what I mean, you know. And so he hops over back to the front yard, but right at that moment, he kind of hit my neighbor's or the neighbor's fence a little bit, and their dog starts barking like crazy, like yo. I'm a dog. This will be making noise. And so the owner of the home comes out and he goes, whoa, 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 what's going on here, man? What's going on? And the locksmith trying to be funny, trying to be funny. He goes, oh, don't worry. I'm just breaking in. And that set my neighbor off, dude. These gentlemen went at it for like 10 minutes, like swearing at each other. The dude the locksmith was claiming that the neighbor was racist because he's like, man, just because I'm brown and I'm wearing a beanie, a black beanie and a black long sleeve shirt. And because I'm trying to hide my face and because I told you I'm breaking in, you think that I'm a thief. But me and my friend Dallas were like, yeah, dude, no shit. Everybody thinks you're a thief, man. I still don't trust you. The logo on your car looks like I could wash it off, bro. I don't even trust you. Something about locksmiths, man. I'm not talking shit about all of them, you know, but there's something about them. There's something about them. And again, he kind of sets my neighbor off, and my neighbor's like, no, you're not doing that. These are good people. You're not breaking in. I'm going to call the police right now. And, dude, it's like 1 o'clock right now, you know, in the morning. And like I said, I was not in the right state of mind, you know. I was not in the in the best state of mind. 
And so I have to talk my neighbor down. I'm like, listen, don't call the police. He just has a bad sense of humor. He's not actually trying to break in. He's just stupid, and he said such a dumb thing. And, and I was like, look, I get it, man. I get that you, you want to call the police, man. I get it. I would want to call the police, too, if I saw this guy hopping out the backyard saying, don't worry, I'm just trying to break in at fucking 12.45 a.m. Yeah, dude, I get it, but I had to talk him out of it. And then I look at the locksmith. The locksmith is, like, throwing a fit, dude. He's he's pissed. He's so pissed he almost wants to cry. He's like, this is bullshit, man. I shouldn't have to deal with this. You know, I moved to this country and try to make a good living for myself, but you're a locksmith. And I try to make a good living for myself. And, you know, I got to deal with racist people like this. And I'm like, dude, he's not racist. You know, it's 1245. And look at you. You know, we'd all be a little bit racist, I guess, if that's what you consider racist. And he was like, man, I just, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to finish the job. I could have opened that door for you. But this gentleman has offended me. And I do not want to finish the job. And I need to be paid right now. But I couldn't talk the locksmith out of it. And so I had to pay him for literally nothing. I paid him like $150 for not doing a thing. For upsetting my neighbor and taking a goddamn hour to not do anything. And so he leaves and now it's like 1.30. The neighbor went back inside and now it's just me and Dallas just kind of standing out front. Listening to the music come through the windows even louder because now it's 1.00. You know, the world's just a lot quieter at 1 a.m. Man. And I was still locked out of the home. And I was like, dude, I don't know what to do. And he goes, look at that. Look at that window right there. Second story window. He was like, it's open just a little bit. You know, what if you, what if I boost you up and you take that screen door off? What if I boost you up, you take the screen off and then you can hop in the house? I was like, that's insane. And so that's exactly what we did. You know, I got like a running start. I got my foot on his hand and he kind of, ooh, you know, he kind of threw me up to the window and, I, and I'm and i hanging on the window and I punch the screen and, and I take the screen off and then I have to, before I fall, you know, I'm like holding on by my hands. My hands start to hurt, but he kind of pushes my legs up a little bit, dude. Again, shout out Dallas, dude. He helped me out and I crawl through the window crawl through the window and I get in the house at 1.45. Man, it had taken about two hours to get into that house. And that's what I thought of when I saw that guy get locked out of his car at the Sprouts, you know? But I got back in the home and I unlocked the door. I invited Dallas in. I think I gave him some water or some of the pizza I may have been eating. Oh, man, what a night. And then I had to, like, replace that screen on the window. I had to, oh, dude, because I had destroyed that thing. I was I was angry, and I just wanted to go to sleep. I wanted to go in the house and feed that dog. I needed to feed the dog the whole time. That was wild. That was so wild. Um, yeah, I guess just a little, like, quick story that I wanted to tell. I'm going to wrap this one up. Uh, you know, but it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure for me, at least, rambling this whole time. This is probably one of the longer ones, longer episodes with no stand-up set. 
you know, shout out Parker Library, dude. This is the coolest recording studio. I do want to come back here. You know, libraries are great. I really do like libraries. Libraries, they're great, you know, except for when they aren't. You know, when the, when there's a shit ton of kids that just want home. <laughs> like the library I go to right by my home most of the time, dude. Oh, my God. It's, it's a daycare. It is a daycare. That's all it is. It's like a daycare slash Starbucks, dude. It's the loudest library I've ever been in. You walk inside and you're like, wow, dude. I can hear 15 different conference calls. I can hear the meeting going on teaching like elderly people how to use iPads and styluses on their Palm Pilots. I can hear that audio coming through, man. I hear kids like running around and screaming. And then I hear an equal amount of parents telling their kids to stop running and screaming. But they're just being loud. You know, one time I went to that library and I like I was sitting there and it was actually quiet, but then I just hear like a, you know, it was like, I'm like, like, what the hell is that sound? I heard it for like five minutes, but I was like, what is that? And I look over and a woman is using a typewriter in 2019. She was using a typewriter, and I know the library does not provide those, which means she brought her own typewriter. She hauled that thing. It's like fucking 40 pounds, you know, slams it on the desk, and then just starts, and then you hear that. Dude, it sounded like a, like a goddamn weapon, you know, and it was so loud. Everybody was looking at this lady. And her her children run up to her and they're like, hey, can we go yet? And I swear to God, she has the nerve to go. To her, like her kids were being loud. Oh, man. What a, just, you know. But I do like libraries. I like them a lot. They're usually quiet. This one's quiet. You know, this recording studio is pretty quiet. But, uh, you know, thanks thanks just for listening. Just for listening. Um, this has actually been a lot of fun, just talking. Just talking about nonsense. You know, I know this is not everybody's favorite. It's not my favorite thing to do. I do like a little bit more structure. But, yeah, just kind of fun to talk. And like I said, man, I will start doing open mics again next week. And I will dive back into it, you know, head first. And there will be some new material, and hopefully it'll be more entertaining. Hopefully I'll have a better set. you know. But right now I'm just kind of rewriting and spending as much time as I can memorizing every single word. So that's that's kind of what I've just been working on. And, you know, I'll have some guests, some frequent guests. I think Andrea will be a frequent guest, if I can imagine. I just, you know, like I said, just one of the funniest people. And I would love to have her on more than once, so couple things to look forward to man but you know this has been another okay podcast uh and next week will also be very okay so thank you guys for being okay with this even though you didn't have a choice and uh and i'm gonna dip out so you know listen listen to this theme song by queens of the stone age
Yeah. 